Welcome to Take the Rope, our instant reaction episode. Gentlemen, no ad. I want to start this episode by making a sincere public statement. Do not under any circumstance drink and drive. This isn't a joke. I just think, you know, the NFL had this huge celebration and they completely neglected the reality that one of the Chiefs coaches decided to get drunk and drive his car and uh, severely injured several people, including two children who are still in the hospital. Don't do it. Every person tonight should have a sincere conversation with everybody they love, and they should talk about a very important thing. And that thing is everybody you love, you should let them know. I have a no questions asked policy. You can call me at any – I've had people use this. I will pick you up anywhere within like 100 miles – no questions asked at any time of the day because it's too important to make sure that that people don't make these terrible decisions. There's too many people get hurt every year. Too many people die every year because people do this, this dumb, irresponsible shit. If you want to kill yourself, do it in a way where it's not going to potentially uh, hurt innocent people. So, gentlemen, I'm going to have this conversation with my kids in a few years when they're old enough to do stupid things, but I'm going to have it with in a few years. right? I know it's like two years. <laughs> Anything stupid can happen anytime. Gentlemen, no matter where you are at any hour of any day, if you get in trouble and you can't drive and you're stuck, I will pick you up. And I mean it sincerely because I think it's, uh, it's terrible. It's a stupid thing to do. Don't do it. Just don't do it. It's way too risky. Anyway, sorry guys. Let's start the show. <laughs> Take the rope, Mops. Congratulations. Your seventh Super Bowl in uh, 35 <laughs> years of life. Not bad. Not bad, my man. How are you tonight? Uh, Dave, uh, you know, I know as as a fan uh of football and you know a lot of people will look at this game and i've already had people complain it was a boring game it was a blowout you know people people who say that have no investment in the game um if you're if you're on the winning end of a blowout you would love it you always love it have you ever have you ever been like you know i really wish it wasn't a blowout i wish this game was closer no you'd never say that as a fan um this is a wild take. <laughs> this makes no sense. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> have you Have you ever been like, you know what? I really, I really wish the 49ers only won by three points. No, but most of America has no rooted interest in this game, which yeah, is sure. why we get okay. like, which is why we get like J Lo and uh, and uh, Shakira to do a halftime show next year. This is like an entertainment property. This is more than uh, a football game. Well, I mean, so, maybe- no, I totally agree with I totally agree with Mablo. Mablo, look, we I don't know I don't know why anyone is surprised that the Super Bowl is boring. Who's yeah. who's surprised by the Super Bowl being boring? No one. Why do you think they invest so much in halftime shows? Because otherwise, no one else would watch it. <laughs> look, there's everyone's complaining. Oh, the game wasn't close. You don't even know who the fuck these teams were a year ago. <laughs> like, so shut the fuck up and watch your commercials. Watch the halftime show. Eat your snacks. Enjoy the enjoy the festivities. Like if the game was close, you still wouldn't know who won. Like, you wouldn't care. I'm totally with Moplo. Like I wanted this blowout. I didn't want the Chiefs to win. 
I watched the blowout. I felt like I was a Tampa fan and I enjoyed every second of it. Here's here's the other thing. You know, th- this came up this came up in in our household. So if you're going if you're going to make fun of the weekend or be like, you know what, this weekend halftime show wasn't good, maybe spell the weekend's name right. <laughs> I know. Like Although on it, his I fault mean, on his it's kind of his fault like if you're called the weekend, maybe spell the weekend, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just think like if, if you're going to, if you're going to come for them, maybe spell their name, right? Here's you know? the, I don't know. Here's the other issue. If you just type the weekend into your phone, it's going to autocorrect the first few times. So I give these people a grace period. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I mean, it was an entertaining football game because the chiefs are, jet fuel and you just think at some point they're gonna go off and then it's four minutes left and you just realize like wow this is like the best football game a team has played in my lifetime the the buccaneers played a perfect football game yeah the offense was perfect the special teams were perfect the defense that might have been the best defensive performance since like the 07 giants that was a spectacular defensive performance so i mean uh, it was it was unbelievable. And, and look, I, I've watched Tom Brady in 10 Super Bowls. Every single one has been close except for this one. Every single one of them. Every single one of them I've been fretting and like, you know, wondering what's going to happen. Uh, and it's really come down to the last, you know, three, four minutes of the game. Not this one. This is the only one where it wasn't like, you know, the last eight minutes, it really wasn't in doubt. Sounds like uh, sounds like maybe Bill was holding Tom back for those twenty years. I think so. I think the big winner in this <laughs> is Tom Brady, and the big loser is Bill Belichick. I know. As as rough as this game was for cadaveric Andy Reid, who who shouldn't have been there, he should not have been there. He he looked like he looked terrible. You could tell halfway through the game he realized like, why am I here? I should be back in Kansas City. They clearly played. They got. Out coached. We've made jokes all season about how bad, how bad a coach Arians is. We get to the Super Bowl. Arians does do doesn't do anything. He has the self awareness to realize Tom Brady should be calling plays in this game. <laughs> Tom Brady on the hot mic is like bringing in personnel and yelling at everybody, <laughs> throwing up five figures to get the right personnel in there. And they cut to Bruce Arians. He doesn't even have his his microphone in a position that he can speak into. It was. Clearly Tom Brady's show. And um the Chiefs the Chiefs were not prepared. It was really a brutal performance by Andy Reid. In two days, we're two days away from Patrick Mahomes demanding a trade. <laughs> look, look, uh Dave, you called it like right in the beginning. Bruce Arians had his had his mic like above his hat brim like the entire game. <laughs> And then, you know, he barely had his like ear things on, but you know what I will say? Good for Bruce Arians. He got up on stage after and was like, yeah, I didn't do anything. It was all, it was all our coaching staff and players. He's like, I didn't do anything. And I was like, I know. okay, explains a lot. <laughs> you know, like there's those, there's those like management books and they'll tell you like the first paragraph is always like the job of a manager is to make sure that you don't have to manage anything, like basically empower everybody else to do everything. And then if you do that, uh, you're a good manager. And Bruce Arians really exemplified that. Like (laughs) (laughs) coming out saying like, Tom Brady's the coach. All right, cool. (laughs) 
But no, Mops, that's a great point. This really is Tom Brady's uh, stellar moment. He even did a great job of deflecting when when they said, "Is this the is this the best Super Bowl you've ever won?" And he came out with a yeah. very Joe Biden uh, diplomatic answer. It's a very gracious answer. I um, mean. Let's not get it twisted. T- Tampa Bay was a good team. They they were three point underdogs in this game. This wasn't this wasn't you know the two thousand one Patriots where they're fourteen point underdogs against the greatest show on turf. Like yeah, Kansas City was good, but Tampa Bay wasn't bad. You know, it was like it it it, it was a little bit different. Well, if I think if if we went back and we're not going to do this because this is idiotic. But if we looked at the second half of the season, just on Game Pass, we would have objectively realized that that Tampa is the best team in the league. They they were killing it. They solved a lot of their issues. They figured out their offensive balance, and uh, that defense really came into its own. We would have realized, like, yeah, they should probably be favored in this game. Never mind the fact that it's basically a home game. In fact, it's not even basically a home game. It is a home game. <laughs> No, they weren't allowed to shoot off the cannons after touchdowns, Dave. That was dumb. They should have shot off the cannon all the time. <laughs> yeah, after every touchdown. Every touchdown for both teams. Every yeah. Every fourth well, down stop. There was only one team that scored touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel I feel a little bit vindicated by by this uh this game. N- not so much that. You know, like Mahomes didn't have his best game, but I think it kind of proves the point that like uh, NFL teams are made of 53, 53 guys on, on that roster. And yes, the quarterback is the most important piece on that roster, but a quarterback alone can't, can't win, win games like case in point to Sean Watson. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of quarterbacks that, you know, can't, can't single-handedly win games. And I think the biggest thing, uh, when a quarterback isn't comfortable, they don't perform well. And, you know, the the Buccaneers defensive line just dominated this game. They oh, were yeah. all over Mahomes. They contained him. They put pressure on him. They hit him. And, uh, and it, you know, it made a difference. Mahomes didn't look like Mahomes. You know, he made he made a he made a throw where he was completely horizontal, but still that was a great throw. You know, it, <laughs> it's still like, you know, I don't know. It was he was he was under duress. He went 26 for 49, 270, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Like, wow. Like that's not that's not a Mahomes performance that we've come I come mean, to know. He was getting beat up every time he went back to pass. So it was so bad that with like three minutes left, I thought they should have taken him out. Like, what's the point? He's just gonna get hit five more times here. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, know. This was a this was a failure. We talk about, you know, three three phases of the game, right? Special teams, offense, defense. I think this was a failure on four phases of the team, including coaching. Uh at the beginning of the game, I told one of the guys I was watching it with, I said, watch out for Kansas City. You know, they do a lot of cool uh plays, like Andy Reid's really creative. And then nothing creative happened the whole game. They didn't do anything. Um, it's like Andy Reid. Nothing. Reed, nothing Andy, happened. And like that Andy was a failure Reed didn't on show up. Like, he shouldn't can... have come. He should have just stayed yeah. in Kansas City, where obviously he was concerned about this situation involving his uh, his son, who made terrible life threatening decisions. Uh, he shouldn't have come. It makes no sense. Why did he come? He wasn't yeah. doing anything. 
Like exactly straight to your point. He did nothing creative. They had no solution, no adjustments. They just put they just put Mahomes out there to to try to save it and it, and Levante David and Levante David and uh, Devin White were spectacular. That was like that was like Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman level of oh wherever where you wherever you go with the ball, we're gonna be there first. Kelsey would be twenty five yards downfield and and he'd be draped by two guys. They'd bat the ball down. This was the best performance by a defense I've ever seen in in matching speed with speed. I've never seen a defense go toe-to-toe with these guys like these guys did today. It was spectacular what they did. It was yeah. the most exciting part of the game. Like, holy shit, how is how is Levante David still running with this guy 25 yards downfield? It was spectacular. Yeah, and the complete opposite on, on the other side. Uh, Kansas City's defense basically imploded. They gave away a lot in the first half, which... It sucks when your defense, when your terrible defense sets the tone for the second half of a game. Uh, they couldn't come back from it. A lot of those calls they got were, you know, some of them were questionable and whatever. But if you're constantly getting calls, whether questionable or not, uh, and eventually goes to taunting and you run over to Tom Brady, who's going to do what he does and you pick a fight with him, um, you're going to get picked on. It was just a total mental implosion, which I think, again, comes from Andy Reid being distracted in the whole thing. I think it just trickled down. And then Mahomes is too young to carry a team. Like, he's good, but he's he's too young to carry a team. He's not Tom Brady. Well, I support Tyron Matthew and his antics because when we look back at this game, I think that there were only two people who gave a shit. Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs side, only two people who were out there, like, giving it an all. Tyron Matthew, who was imploring everybody on that field, yelling at his own players, trying to get them into position. At one point, they cut to the sideline. He's yelling at the defensive backs coach because they don't have a solution to this. And I fully support it. Like I think if you're in this situation where, where the ship is going down and you're the only person trying to shovel, I give you credit for that. And Mahomes in the fourth quarter, Someone texted this. He had like the seven best incompletions in NFL history, including the horizontal throw to the end zone. Yeah, these guys are just not prepared to catch. Those guys cared. I can't look at that tape and say like anybody else was invested in this game. It looked like a week four, a week four game. It looked like the 49ers week one against the Cardinals, where you're like, oh, this is a Super Bowl team. And then you just don't see anything special from anybody on the field. And it causes you to question. Uh, yeah, causes you to yeah. question. I mean, th- this game started as, it, I mean, as classic Super Bowl start, like three punts, three terrible punts. Oh my God. First three possessions. Like these guys, like these guys, like I think the, the first three punts combined netted like what? 90 yards like 93 yards <laughs> I was like what are you guys doing like I, I'm pretty sure I could punt at 30 yards absolutely <laughs> I mean it was it was bad it was it was really bad and and I don't know that that's kind of how Super Bowls go but then like Kansas City like never really open up if you had told me that hey you know what Tampa's gonna get the ball first they're gonna punt two of their first three possessions Kansas City's gonna score first and they're gonna and and Tampa's gonna win thirty one nine. I was like, you're smoking crack. Like what? Absolutely. 
Um, Absolutely. I mean, look, I, I think there were two things that, first of all, yes, I, I think Tampa Bay deserves all the credit. Like they've been really good. They've beat everyone coming into the playoffs. Like they were seven and five. They got to 11 and five, made the playoffs and they go on the, they go on the road and they beat everyone. They beat Drew Brees. Uh-huh. They beat Aaron Rodgers. Like they beat the best teams in the NFC. And then, and then they get a, a rewarded with a home Super Bowl game. Um, you know, and, and so that, yeah, they deserve all the credit. Their defensive game plan was great. I think even if Kansas city's O-line was healthy, they would have, they would have had trouble in this game because the, the Tampa Bay D line was everywhere. You know, they had four guys rushing the pass for the entire game. And they basically were like, you know, you're not going to be us with Tyreek Hill over the top. We're going to try to take him out of the game. You might be able to hit Kelsey underneath, but we're going to keep it in front of you. Maybe you'll get a few first downs, but they, they really shut them down. I, I was shocked when I looked at the box score and saw Kelsey had 133 yards. Like what, you know? Yeah. 10, 10 catches for 133 yards. Um, and probably a bunch of it came in kind of garbage time and you know, when it, when, when the game was kind of in hand, but it was like, uh, yeah, they just kept everything in, in front Tyreek seven for 73. Like, Usually that guy's like four for like 148, you know, it's like they, they really like, they just really had a great game plan and then they, they executed on it. Um, Yeah. The great game plan of, you know, cover the two best players, possibly (laughs) double coverage them. And when it's fourth and third and short, know where they are and know where first down is. Hey, Green Bay, did you watch this game? Like, did you see how you stopped my fourth down? Well, they also, uh, the, they also the other, tackled. The, the really other thing well. that's not lost in this game is Kansas City had success running the ball, and they basically just abandoned it. It it seemed like if if you're gonna if you're having trouble throwing the ball, and your your quarterback's getting hit a lot, and he's got a bad toe, and your tackles can't, you know, protect your quarterback. Hey, maybe let's try to run the ball a little bit. They were having great success, and they just were like, "No, we're good." Didn't make any sense. Like rushing, they had. 17 rushes during this game. They averaged like over five, six, they averaged six yards of carry. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers had, you know, no problem rushing the ball and they, they ran the ball a lot. Um, I don't know. They had over 30 rushes. Every, every hot take that was, why doesn't Eric B have a job should now just, just, Find and correct and put in Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich outcoach <laughs> Eric Bianami tonight. <laughs> All of those Eric Bianami takes. Hey, cool. They didn't do anything special. They didn't blitz. They beat up your offensive line and they covered your guys. What's your adjustment? They didn't even move Mahomes out of the pocket. They didn't sprint right. They didn't roll him out. They didn't get him moving at all. He was just a sitting target. I'm gonna, we're going to start a consulting firm. We're just going to be guys that ask Eric Bieniemy hard questions. Eric Bieniemy, what were you thinking when you just had Mahomes back there getting killed? At at what point of of free rusher hitting Mahomes in the head or in the knee were you thinking maybe we should move this guy out? Because based on what we saw, you never did it. Where was the trick play? Like you said, Chris, where was the creativity? 
what did you guys do for two weeks? This was like the two weeks that I had before the trick midterm. What were you doing to prepare for this situation? Because this is a total institutional and organizational failure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Chris nailed it in the head. Like, how many times? Just just think about how many times you saw motion in the backfield during this game. Nothing. There was none. It was like there was like one play, and the, the guy didn't bite, and they hit hit Mahomes, and I was like, you know what? We're not going to run motion anymore. <laughs> what What are we doing here? It was, you know, I, when I talk about the Chiefs, I always talk about how it's this. It's the synergy of an organization, a coach, and players all on the same page. But whatever that take was is out the door because the organization can't even manage its own coaching staff. The coaches had nothing today and only two players looked like they cared. Here's I have, I have a hot take for uh hot take for uh, defending Andy Reed. We all, we all like Andy Reed, right? We all like him on the show. Um, I think most of America Best is okay face with mask him. in the league for sure. Yeah, you know, he's always he's always down to clown and you know he's fun punching bag, but we all like him. He's a good coach. Super creative. And then we're talking about this game, no creativity, very flat. Honestly, I wouldn't this is my conspiracy theory. I wouldn't put it past him that he probably thought his son doesn't deserve a ring and through the game. Like Andy Reid's such a good guy, he's like, Whatever, I'll get him next year. My son doesn't deserve a Super Bowl ring. We're just gonna throw the game. I'm gonna play the shittiest plays. Wouldn't be surprised. It's possible. chance. It's possibly. possible that Andy Reid's son, who's probably in jail right now, might be the secret to the Chiefs dynasty. <laughs> because they're Owen one without him. <laughs> I don't know. The 49ers' brutal losses this year were worse, but this is close. I feel terrible about this game. <laughs> Only because the takes, you have to buy into the takes. I need to learn to like divorce myself from the takes because. Well, Dave, you've you've been investing in this take for all, the entire season. We've been having this the the Mahomes <sighs> the Mahomes debate, and uh, you 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 named him MVP. You you know every week you know every every week when another quarterback gets Player of the Week, you know you're just you know, know shitting on it. <laughs> I, feel- I think I think I don't think Dave's too far off. Like I do, I don't disagree. I think. I think this was a game like this season was a season of averages, and I think his his luck literally ran out because, like those throws he threw when he was being rushed in the third quarter, and he threw sideways twice from like thirty yards back and almost scored a touchdown twice, like six inches off of scoring a touchdown. Like those are toss ups, you know, and he makes those plays, and they just didn't land this time. Well, the, but the, he was still this close to making those plays. Well, the, the, Which doesn't the, it shouldn't take away from how good he is. The reason he wasn't making those plays is because those Tampa Bay defenders were running with all those guys. I feel exactly. I'm going to start a podcast and I'm just going to interview and commiserate with all the uh, billionaire head funds who got murdered by Reddit the last couple of weeks. Let's go, <laughs> like guys. This must be, this must be what it feels like. Guys, I did all my analysis. They're they're not worth this much. <laughs> I think I think what Mahomes I think I could imagine Russell Wilson at the game when they showed him pinned between the commissioner and his wife and he was just suffering. God, that looks so um, awkward. As, as as they were chatting, he was just like, "Kill me now." I think he was actually, you know, commiserating with Mahomes on the field when he's like, "I know what it feels like to run around like that. I do it 
16 games out of the year. I'll teach you something. It's so true. Great, great call. <laughs> great take. Russell Wilson looked exactly like every 15-year-old who finally makes it to the adult table at Thanksgiving and then is like 10 <laughs> minutes sucks. into it is like, send me back. Send me back. <laughs> Wait, I can't take my shirt off here? <laughs> Here's the movie. Like, I just want lasagna and a tall glass of milk. Get me to the kids' table. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was super awkward. And Roger Goodell, classic old white guy fashion, just won't shut the fuck up. He's leaning over and just talking constantly. Russell Wilson is just staring dead eye straight ahead, <laughs> like, can this fucking psychopath just shut the fuck up for while Rod like, TV? This, is the, this commissioner is supposed to care about this league and he's chatting up my <laughs> wife right now. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, it's awkward. Uh I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm willing to bet Sierra's way more interesting than than Russell Wilson. So I can't I can't I can't blame Goodell for that. I feel like Sierra as an artist actually might have like ideas. I feel like Russell Wilson just quotes the Bible. Like, does Russ have any ideas? Wait, are you saying he's a system life player? I think he is a system life player. He's a system. Uh, he's a system conversationalist. Like he doesn't have. How's the weather? How's the weather? How's Jesus? I'm in love with him. <laughs> How's believing in yourself going good? Power, uh, power, water, or whatever he uh, advertises. How, how are? Let me ask you guys a question. I don't know if this is true or not, but I just thought of it. So we talk about they show players at the game. The commissioners there, you know, players come from all over to enjoy it. Is there ever other head coaches there? Do other head coaches go to the Super Bowl to watch? I don't think I've and ever not, seen it. Why? And if you were a head coach and you didn't go to the game, would you go and watch and like be publicly known that you were there? Uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. Call it scouting. What, what's what's the problem here? <laughs> I want to see Belichick there eating popcorn with his like, you know, all his kids. I think Belichick was there. Head. He was taping the sideline. He was covered. He was probably <laughs> dressed up as something else. He was trying to. Oh, he was okay. trying to do the. Uh, he was trying to take the air out of the COVID test on the Tampa Bay sideline. <laughs> get some false false positives. Get get these guys out of this. I can have. Uh. Bill Belichick is uh, even more depressed than I am about this game. His whole entire legacy is now in question. It's kind of yeah, interesting. Bruce- I mean, th- th- this was this was one of my, uh, you know, I I get, and I I think it was more Tom wanting to leave than than the Patriots actually like wanting to wanting to to part ways with him. Um, <clears throat> but this was one of my big problems with them trading away. It was like they didn't really have a clear plan, and I was like. Hmm, this guy's won six Super Bowls with us. We don't have a clear successor or anyone like to come in and play. We have, you know, Stidham. Like, yeah, yeah, let's let's ship ship our franchise out. You know, let's let this guy walk. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, he's still, you know, yes, he might be older and maybe he's not as good as he once was, but he's still like, you know, 80, he's still better than 80, 90% of the quarterbacks in this league. Is it the coaching or is it a temp change? Was he just enjoying Florida and does it actually make sense to go there when they get older? No, it was the, it was the, um, I think, I think you're on to something, Chris. It's where all the people in New England go to retire. I think it was like, 
I think it was just like, look, this is going to work here. Like we don't have, I'm the quarterback. We don't have, I can't, I can't, I can't cook my menu with this ingredients. Like you want me to be the head chef at this place of we've been here for 20 years. It's been great. But now you want me to run my menu with, with, with no ingredients. Like I can't do it. I have three years left to try to be competitive. I don't want to be cooking your fucked up menu with your fucked up ingredients. Yeah. I'd rather go to Tampa where the pantry is full. The coach is an intellectual child and will just let me do whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, you know, I don't think it was worth saving because I think, I don't think Tom wanted to make it work out. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, you know, which which begs the question: Who was buying the groceries, and how did the groceries get so bad? I mean, they haven't drafted well. I mean, they they drafted <clears throat> they drafted Nikhil Harry, and not, you know they they haven't they don't have any wide receivers. They have none zero wide receivers. Julian Edelman is their best wide receiver. He was a quarterback in college that was drafted like 10 years ago uh that you know turned himself into Wes Welker 2.0 they don't have anyone else it's like you know I don't know they, they haven't really hit on running backs maybe, maybe this Harris kid's okay but <clears throat> I don't know you can only you can only go so long you know missing in the draft the draft is like your biggest asset and you know in the NFL if you hit on the draft picks you get you look at Tampa Bay, they're Devin White, uh, Antoine Winfield. Those guys are those guys are guys on rookie deals that are like you know, pro bowlers. Yeah. yeah. You know I, mean, Tam- I mean, New England got successful because of a draft pick, Tom Brady. You know, Bill Belichick. I'm sorry, Chris. I think Bill Belichick was just too stubborn. I think he the first 10 years of his career develops a pattern of behavior. That pattern of behavior works. And then he doesn't really adjust the pattern of behavior. He's constantly trading back, taking advantage of Brady's uh, willingness to take pay cuts, uh, investing in mid-level free agents to who, who he knew he knows how to scheme specifically on defense. And that works for like a decade, a decade and a half. No matter what your job is, you can't be th- using the same solutions two decades later. You have to come up with the second, third idea. You have to keep iterating, right? And Belichick couldn't figure this out. He let go of Gronk. Gronk harbors bad feelings about it, so clearly it wasn't Gronk's idea to retire. Was Gronk unhealthy? Would Gronk have scored touchdowns for the Patriots? Who knows? Did the year off clearly help Gronk heal and and prepare to make this playoff run? Yes, obviously. But when, you know, we could have used Gronk. You could have just told Gronk, like, look, don't come to training. You could have been more flexible with the talent. You could have even done what John McVay is doing with the Rams, where you're just like, look, Brady has a three-year window. I'm 65. At some point, I want to get good at golf and hang out with Donald Trump. I'm not going to be here forever. Let's start trading some of these first round picks. Let's get Jalen Ramsey in the building. Let's trade for um, Stefan Diggs. You know, let's talk Gronk. Let's let's make a sweetheart deal with Gronk where he plays four weeks and plays in the playoffs. Let's talk to Tom. Like honestly, have a real conversation with Tom and say, "Look, you mean you 
we've worked together for a long time. I know we're not friends. I know that we're not going to talk to each other after this is all done, but uh, we need to figure this problem out and you're a part of the part of the solution. What do you think we need to do? He could have been more flexible in his problem solving and found a way to make this work in New England. And he wasn't willing to because that's not the Patriot way. And that sounds cool when you're parenting, like, you know, I don't let my kids eat fast food. I have these strict rules, yada, yada, yada. We do it my way or the highway. But then eventually your kids like are 15 and they have to have their own ability to view the world, their own ways to solve problems. So, um, and, and I'm, ha- I'm happy for Tom, but I am sad that this isn't happening in a Patriots uniform. This was a people problem. This was a, a an issue that could have been solved by ownership and coming together to really try to figure this out, maybe rein Bill in a little bit. And it didn't happen. And um, in some ways, I do feel it's tragic. Yeah, I mean, on the on the on the flip side, like like in one sense, yeah, I wish I wish as a Patriots fan, this was Tom and Bill. But on the flip side, like Tom got to you know kind of you know make his legacy bigger than Bill. Like I have a ton of friends who are just like, oh, he's just you know he's just because of Bill Belichick, da 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 da, like blah blah blah. And now it's like, well, no, he stands on his own. You know, Brady's his own guy. He stands on two feet. He won a Super Bowl, like with another team, um, you know, no one, no one does that with, with Peyton Manning. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I mean, Tom, Tom's Tom, Tom Brady's career is, you know, like you, you can't compare it to anyone else's like no one else's is close. Um, and I wish it happened to the Patriots, but the, but the Patriots, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, I think, I think back when they restructured rookie contracts, Bill Belichick didn't adjust. You know, it used to be like when you had a first rounder, you overpaid all those first rounders. You paid a hundred million dollars to Jamarcus Russell, to Ryan Leaf, blah, 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 blah. You were just throwing money out the door, uh, you know, to these first round picks. And then they restructured it. So basically like rookie deals maxed out, you know, if you were the number one overall pick, I think maybe like 20 million range. And, you know, if you're getting a number one guy at $20 million, that's a steal, you know? Um, and, and later in the round, it's, 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 it's still much, much better than that. So now it's like that, those are the most valuable picks and the Patriots saw, you know, didn't have them and they kept trading back. And, you know, the, the second and third round picks, although valuable, were not, you know, not, not as, as valuable as those first round picks. Yeah. And they just drafted like shit. I don't know. Like you can't, you can only go so long without draft, like without drafting well. Guys, let's say. Let's say that we combined have a net worth of ten billion dollars, and we own the Chicago Bears. Just pretend this is like our our getaway. We're in a clubhouse. Uh, we're in a clubhouse. We're at we're at di- Whistling Straits in uh, Wisconsin. We're just in the clubhouse. Mop, she killed us. She beat us by like fifteen strokes, but I cheated like Donald Trump to make it look better. And we're talking about we're talking about the Bears, and you know the topic comes up. We haven't had a good draft in five years. Let's say our scouting budget is $4 million. After four gin and tonics each, what are we raising that scouting budget to? We've missed four or five drafts, and it's killing us. At what point do we fix the problem? This isn't that hard. Resources, people. We can't find a wide receiver. Great. 
fucking f- hire someone to fix it. We don't have to fix everything. <laughs> like, what could if that was really the situation? We're in a clubhouse. Don't we try to fix the problem? Like, you can't have. It's okay to have issues, but you can't have issues that last ten years of your administration. That's just not responsible problem solving. Hey, they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Like. I know, but you still have the wide receiver problem. Like, yeah, and they won a Super Bowl without it. Like, I don't know. Like, it, <laughs> it was it still working without Brady. it. I don't like, but it cost you Tom Brady in the end because because you don't have the stuff that you need. I don't know. Look, part the foundational issue, as I have more time to think about it, is that Bill Belichick is a defensive guy, and any conversation about wide receivers is irrelevant because he's more interested in special teams and and your third your third string linebacker. Somehow they can just pull random linebackers out of nowhere and they look like they're they're going to be good pros, but they can't fix like wide receivers. So obviously it's that Bill Belichick is a defensive coach and he didn't invest resources in the offense. And then Tom Brady broke up with him and won a Super Bowl. So maybe it's not as complicated as I think, but I just think like you can't have the same, you can't make the same mistake every draft for more than five drafts before you figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, this is also like a, you know, a classic issue of, I mean, you know, don't, you don't know it's broken until, until it leaves. Like I don't give a shit about a spark plug in my engine until my car doesn't start. And then I'm like, fuck my spark plugs. My car doesn't even drive. Like this is a big problem. I didn't care about it for five years. You know, I didn't replace them when I should have. So like, I think what Tom Brady did though with his whole method and, being crazy like that and then leaving. I think he's showing a way to that a lot of players don't. Like he is thinking for himself, which I don't think a lot of players do. They just kind of follow the program. Like, you tell me what to do, I'll do it. My dietitian tells me what to eat, I'll eat it. I'll lift these weights, you tell me to do that. Um Tom Brady is one of those goddamn free thinkers that, you know, saw the writing on the wall before anyone else, or maybe was able to just read the writing on the wall. And or maybe uh, he was pick, sick after 18 best, years of you know, well, you know, he won, you know, he won enough Super Bowls there, but maybe he wants some fresh blood. We don't know about that. But, um, I think he just I think wanted he was just blood, able to, he was just able to like, yeah, be like, I want something else. I'm done with this. I'm I'm a solo entity, like I'm myself, you know, just go pursue that instead of just being like, this I is mean, fine until I retire. This has to be the first time in professional sports that an all-time great player has just walked out of an amicable situation and then won a championship the next year with somebody else. I don't think this has ever happened, right? The best, the best player in the league separates amicably or semi amicably or just walks out. You let him walk out and he wins a title somewhere. That's pretty rough. (laughs) It's almost like Bill Belichick can't, can't scout wide receivers. And he also can't, scout his own quarterback and figure out if he still has anything left in the tank. Yeah. On the flip side, he, he, uh, he had Brady under contract for 18 years at, at below market rate. So is he a genius? Like, well, he's, look, I mean, we shouldn't be talking about the Patriots right now. Like, yeah, this is a Patriots super bowl through and through good defense (laughs) controlling the ball. (laughs) Out coaching the other team. This is a Patriots championship in my book. Yeah. 
Gronkowski, I mean, two I, touchdowns. I think maybe the conversation should be like, are are we, you know, are we underrating Brady? This this guy, like, uh, and this is one of the reasons why I really felt like the Buccaneers had a chance in the Super Bowl was Brady was an underdog. I've watched Brady a zillion times, and when he's an underdog, he like almost always pulls it out. Like that's where he thrives. Um. And, you know, you, you can't count him out. And I, I don't know what he does or what magic he bestows, uh, you know, on the people around him. But I don't know. It, it matters. Something magical about him. Well, I mean, he sounds like a homer. But, yeah, this guy's won seven Super Bowls. He's been well, to he, 10 Super Bowls. He said it. when he 14 said it, conference championships. It's insane. Absolutely. Marcus. He said it when he lifted the, the – he said it when he lifted the trophy. He was like, I told you guys this is how it was going to go. That's the magic of Tom Brady is that it's not about ideas. It's about, look, here's the plan. I've been here a lot. You've never done anything, Mike Evans. Follow me and we're going to make it happen. I promise you. And it's that indelible, unshakable confidence in himself, in the program, in his ability to uplift and assure other people that he has this under control that allows him to elevate this has been organization with the completely has been done nothing coach to this championship. It is an amazing performance. He should be coach of the year. Who was coach of the year this year? Should be Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I usually don't love the, the post game stuff after, but I thought, I thought the Tampa Tampa's owner just getting up there and being like, you know, yeah, like, you know, it's been it's been a rough stretch for us. And so we just went out and got the best quarterback in Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, I'm done. <laughs> he <like> passes <laughs> off the trophy. And then Bruce Aarons is like, I didn't do anything. It was, a, it was the other is the coaching seven players. I was like, this is, a, this is like a group I can get behind here. I want to have a job where I make five million dollars a year and literally do nothing. We win a championship. And then I say. Wasn't me. It was the coaches and players. <laughs> Great job. Great job, Ariads. I don't know. I mean, it, maybe it's, it's like a, I think it's a sign of a good leader. Like well, Tom Brady did the, the same thing. Like, hey, you know, it was you guys. Well, the difference between that is that when Arian says it, it looks stupid because it's true. <laughs> when Tom Brady says it, it's uh, a demonstration of his generosity because we all know it's not true. It's <laughs> Tom Brady. <laughs> But, you know, I think one thing that we should reflect on is how bad this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team was playing earlier in the season and how much they've improved. Because this was an average to below average team earlier in the season, and they were an absolutely dominant team at the end of the regular season going into the playoffs. I think it's the biggest same-year improvement I've seen by a team because they were fucking rolling in the playoffs and they were getting run earlier in the season. I mean, they weren't, they weren't terrible. They were seven and five. If some wasn't like they were, I mean, they it had looked, more wins than, than the NFC East combined probably at that point. Wow. So we so, had, we had more wins than the NFC East through like week five, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it didn't look good. You know, Tom Brady was yeah, yelling yeah. at everybody. Clearly it was, was up and down. Yeah. They had they had their games and they you know lose big and you know blah, blah, blah. but yeah then they they had a bye week and they figured it out. That's what we need to do next year. We need to look at like talented teams with pedigree, 
and then that are losing right before a bye week. We need to look at their odds to win the Super Bowl. I'm looking at oh, you. You want to buy them cheap? I'm looking at you, Detroit Lions. <laughs> Dave, no, we know golf. Don't. don't. <laughs> uh, that might okay. Okay, so that's so Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and winning a Super Bowl is the greatest turnaround of a team in one season. Goff going to the Lions and going eight and eight is the second greatest turnaround of a team <laughs> season. If if Jared Goff drives the Lions to eight and eight next year, I will be astonished. Whatever Jared Goff, we need to think about whatever Jared Goff's record was with the Rams before um, McVay gets there is going to be better than than his record with <laughs> the, the Fisher Lions the year. Fisher year the Fisher year. I think they won like four games. Gentlemen. The 49ers have more talent and more more infrastructure than than Tampa Bay had. Who can the 49ers get to win the Super Bowl next year? Can we get to Sean Watson? Because I'm in now. We need we Dave, we need two things. We need Possibly Deshaun Watson, and we need no games on MetLife Stadium. Oh, that's going to happen. We're not playing the AFC East or the NFC or the East, NFC yeah, West for a long time. We're good. So then we're yeah, then we're good. So then we're good. <clears throat> All right, you- Dave. I think there's a three-team deal that that's out there because I've I've heard a rumor that uh, Belichick wants to be reunited with Jimmy G, which I don't understand why he'd want that, but you know apparently that's a thing. He's into terrible picks. <laughs> Terrible picks in the first. I mean, half. maybe you can get him for ten cents on the dollar or something. Maybe there's like uh He's not gonna maybe, get, we can, maybe we can get Joey Bosa, or, you know, alongside uh, Jimmy G as like a, a, a tax. Yeah, that's actually that's actually Belichick trading for Bosa and getting <laughs> and getting Jimmy G to match the contracts or something. Yeah, what's your sure. what's your deal? Give me the deal. I don't have a deal because Patriots have nothing to trade. <laughs> Uh, here's the deal: Shanahan for <laughs> Watson straight up. Shanahan and John Lynch for Watson straight up. No, no. Who's, who's going to be your coach? Who cares? We'll make Watson the coach. We're going to learn from this Tampa Bay experience. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. Look, I want Watson, but I don't want to. There's two people. On this team, three people that are untouchable. Five, if you count the well, the John Lynch, go fuck ten, yourself. Ten, the, if you count, you know, just the, the... Ten, ten, if you count all the players I like. You can't have Bosa, <laughs> you can't have Kittle, and you can't have Fred Warner. Everyone else on this, and you can't have Jason Verrett, who's going to get injured week two and is going to be out of the league. Those are the players I think that are the foundation of this team going forward. Everything else you can have. Give us, give us Watson and give us Laramie Tunsil. I want to, I want to throw that we also can't touch gold. I think he's, yeah, I think, I think we want to keep him. With the kicking situation going on right now, he's good enough to keep. I don't want anyone else. Well, we just saw the team lose the Super Bowl, kick three field goals. The winning team didn't kick any. I'm, I'm, I'm good <laughs> to give up gold. Okay, all right. Those three, those three Fair field enough. goals that the Chiefs kicked, uh. Were basically the reason they won. They kicked those field goals thinking that they had a solution. Uh, those field goals didn't do anything to make an impact. If 
if the score is 21-31 halfway through the fourth, maybe they have a chance. They basically uh, gave up the game with those field goals. Yeah, I mean, but also those, they weren't like, I think everyone, I think the shortest one was like fourth and seven or fourth and eight. So they weren't like, they weren't like great fourth and go. But I mean, I, I, I still, I didn't, and they were, you know, first, first and second quarter, like, I don't know, it, it was bad. Um, but also I can't really blame them for like kicking field goal at that point. Yeah. I know I have to stick with the tech. All my other takes are dead. Josiah's like they, they got outplayed. I mean, let, let, you know, it's it's gonna happen. You you know, occasionally you get outplayed. The yeah. the the Patriots lost Super Bowl to the Giants. Twice. Was there a lucky helmet catch? Yes. <laughs> but the Patriots got outplayed. Like yeah. the Giants executed. I don't know. Like Yeah. This is when this is when you start to realize that the NFL <clears throat> is not the NBA. Like the NBA oh, is yeah. like, oh, Steph Curry's just gonna have the ball ninety percent of the time, and he's just gonna figure this out. The NFL is like, oh, wait, our, our backup left guard can't can't deal with Indomitian Sue. It's gonna be a long day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in the in the NBA, you're like, okay, what are you know? Uh, we have a hundred, we have a hundred and ten possessions or whatever, you know, whoever many possessions you have. Yeah, uh, yeah. Steph Cor- Steph Curry's gonna score on you know, even if he has a bad game, he's gonna score on forty of them. The NFL is completely different. It's like, okay, you have, you have, you know, what, 10, 12 possessions maybe in a game. And it's like, if you really botch two of them, you're, you're in trouble or, or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Guys, any any thoughts on the 70 million that the weekend just burned up for this halftime show? Um, you know, it's unclear to me what he spent it, spent that that seven million dollars on because it didn't feel like I feel like they've spent more on on uh, you know other shows. I do love the cinematography right in the beginning where it looked like it was a two D thing and then it kind of morphed into this three D thing. I thought that was that was really cool. Um, I think he could have spent another million dollars on whoever ha- was doing the sound because they should have turned him up. They could have spent seventy five dollars in Chipotle to to, <laughs> to fix the audio. Like, I don't know. I, I, it was cool. Like, I think most of his money was spent on that gold room, right? <laughs> and, the, and, lights, the camera, and the camera and the camera guy who had to uh, follow him precisely through this crowd of people. I think he got paid five million, probably. Yeah. I I had like, no how, issue how you, with the halftime performance. What do you? What do you? I think it was good for TV, but like, when you, I know you're small, so you're going to be on on the screens when you're there performing live. But like, if you're in the audience to see the weekend, which I assume at least half the audience was there for, and then he disappears into some gold room for like ten minutes, and you don't actually see him <laughs> with your own eyes, how do you feel about that? Great take, Chris. Early headline: Fox News tomorrow. The weekend. The weekend hates Tampa Bay first responders <laughs> yeah. by hiding in a gold-plated room in the middle of the pandemic instead of performing for our nurses. <laughs> 20,000 first responders and 50,000 cardboard cutouts. <laughs> and the weekend was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I give him props for like, uh, clearly he was singing and that was not lip singing. I give him a ton of credit for that. And you could also tell because the mix was terrible. If he's lip singing, they fixed, they fixed that audio. The audio was brutal. I kept turning the TV up. It didn't help. 
My parents' TV was on like full blast trying to figure out why I can't really hear this. It, so, it, was, it was weird. It was like the music was fine. It's just like, can you please turn his mic up? I know. There's literally one button that fixes that. <laughs> don't uh, most uh don't most Super Bowl halftime shows have they have the main artist and then doesn't some like second guest yeah, artist yeah. typically come out? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, I was like I was like waiting for I was like, who is it gonna be this time? Like no one, it was just him. I was like, okay. I mean, I mean Vegas cool. had be- Vegas had bets on who the second person was. I'll give him props yeah. for that, though. He was like, you know what? I'm going to be the halftime show. I'm going to be the halftime show. Yeah. Classic, I'm paying for this shit. I'm going to take up every minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was, fun, it was an interesting it. one. It was interesting. It was what did Aaron think? She was fine. Fine with that. I was fine with it. She took more offense to people spelling the weekend wrong on Twitter. Look, if you got a blue check mark to your name and you're gonna provide some public opinions, like at least come on. <laughs> Sounds like you're arguing with Twitter about giving you a blue check mark. <laughs> no. <laughs> not not sure we deserve one of those. I'm just saying, I don't know. You 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 know, you're someone who's supposed to know something or like is a you know, reputable. You're supposed to be reputable. Paid some money to get a check mark or verification or whatever. Like you can't, you can't do the weekend. Spell the weekend right. Yep. Uh yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I was fine with that. I still don't know where the seven million dollars went. Guys, right after it quit, the PA person is like, uh, is like, uh, head to YouTube for, for his visual album based on this performance. And right away, we're like, well, we called that. It's going uh. to his. It's going to his music video based on this thing. I respect the weekend for clearly not having any ability to dance because if he did, he would, and he doesn't. <laughs> and I just think as a guy who can't dance, I respect it. He busted out two little kind of like heel flips, like Michael Jackson heel yeah. flips, he did yeah. it twice, and that was it. Yeah. Okay. I love it. That was it. Yeah. If you shuffle. can't dance, don't dance. This is why, like every wedding, my version of dancing is trying to like make jokes about shit with the people I'm sitting with randomly. That's just my role. Like I'm not going to dance, but I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a drink at this open bar. I'll, t- I'll tip the, I'll tip the bartender for you. I'll, I'll, I'll try to rip off a few jokes and we'll try to keep it moving. What's that movie with Will Smith hitch where he's trying to teach the guy to dance. He's like, you just keep it between 10 and two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh but damn, he's got a nice voice. I'll give him that. I know. He's I am actually really curious like what his speaking voice is. Cause I've I've been blaring his music in the house and you try to sing along and I swear to God, you can't even make it through like one song. Your whole throat is just on fire. <laughs> I have no I idea. It's, it's going to be. This should be on our Patreon. Like Michael Jackson, right? What's that? A Chris? Softer, high pitched Mike Tyson esque. Oh, it's definitely in the Jackson Tyson zone. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dave, also, I shout out I, to uh, shout out to Tony Romo for like getting excited and calling plays. Oh, I love this broadcast was excellent. It looked fan fucking tastic. The Chiefs uniforms were like glowing. They were so bright. Oh, was my buddies, my buddy got confused with their gloves. He was like, "Why is there a flag on the field? Oh, that's a shoe." <laughs> yeah, they got to fix the Chiefs. They got to ch- fix the Chiefs' uh, 
apparel flying off and looking like a penalty. Also, the graphics yeah. package was great. And Mops, I know you're going to appreciate it. The furniture that they had at halftime, like the mid-century beautiful like walnut veneer with the with the white, like the mid-century set that they had was like perfect for your living room. <laughs> Did you catch that? This uh, was this was Dave, the best I, visual broadcast I've ever seen. Dave, I, I was just so ecstatic to not have to look at Terry Bradshaw at all this entire day. I saw him like someone on Ringer like uh interviewed him and I was just was like, oh God, get that off my screen. <laughs> like, as long as I don't have to see Terry Bradshaw, it's like a success. I got to see, I got to see basically Tony Romo, my favorite commentator. Nate Burleson, my favorite guy. Nate Burleson's fantastic. Oh, fantastic. And did you see his jacket? Oh, my God. That was the visual victory of the week. Oh, and his haircut was spectacular. Oh. I wish I had hair. I wish I had style. Instead, I'm just like a chunky white dude at the podcast, and it sucks. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, can we get, like, one more Nate Burleson on that show? Like. Well, we we have we have uh who's who's the who's the who's the guy that kind of runs it um James Brown yeah man yeah James Brown and then and then we surround him by you know three old white guys that are like well, okay when they cut to Phil Sims oh. I'm like is that Boomer when they cut to Boomer I'm like is this Phil Sims <laughs> these guys look exactly the same their voices like exactly the same their takes are exactly the same can we just merge these guys. Can we get like an airline style merger where United and Continental just turn into United Continental? Can I just get like Boomer Sims or something out here? Like, why do why are these guys doing this? Look, Randy have, Moss. I had is, those guys. Go ahead. I had those guys confused for so long. I know. I literally had their names switched, <laughs> and I was like, I googled one. I was like, wait, that's the other one. Absolutely. I never know which one is which. But no, Randy Moss. You know you look alike when white guys think that other white guys yeah. look alike. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not just that they look alike; it's that they their tone and their oh. like their delivery is the same, and their taste. They don't are, have anything interesting to say. They don't have anything interesting to say. The defense has got to step up. The offensive line's got to play better. Who's uh, the Who's the other one besides James Brown and those two knuckleheads? Uh, uh the steel the, the Steelers coach Cowers. Oh, okay. Cowers. Yeah, Cowards yeah. kid. Coward has it. Cowers fine. He he brings it. He brings another two nine. The other guys are just like bat. You know, like mediocre quarterbacks from forty so, years ago. I like I was watching a, one of the interviews like during the week on NFL Network, and they had Carson Palmer on from his log cabin. I don't know where it was, but his background was like this stone log cabin. He had this baseball cap on, a huge beard, and his hair was past his shoulders. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't heard his name in forever, Carson Palmer. And he's just like living in the log cabin, looks like a lumberjack. Get this guy on TV quick, but don't trim him up just like as this <laughs> and put him in the middle of that. Looks like Justin Turner. So, yeah, he's great. I loved it. He didn't give a shit, but he was like, yeah, you know, he didn't care. He was on TV. He's like, whatever. I'm wearing yeah, Leo shirt. DiCaprio from The Remnant up there. Yeah, The Remnant. <laughs> yeah. Uh... But no, but we need to get Randy Moss on national television. Oh, Randy Moss is great. Like he he's he carries that show too. It's like I don't know. They, there's there's other people out there. There's other people out there. Yeah. Why is Rex Ryan on there? He's actually he's not that bad. He's entertaining. Is he? Uh, I can't see his face. Yeah, I don't know. I they're don't just know. 
they're just afraid. It's like it's the Bill Belichick problem. Like, hey, it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's just get this boring show going on. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Nate Burleson is so good. It's like there's gotta be someone else. Well, I'm happy they moved on from Tony Gonzalez because he was brutal. He's a Fox guy, right? He's on Fox. Uh, they haven't moved on yeah, from the, Tony. No, the the Fox crew is the worst crew. They haven't moved on. From, Jimmy's good. I like Jimmy. Well, that's why he stayed at home. But Jimmy and also, Howie. Howie's good. Howie's, Howie's good. good. Howie actually like thinks. Howie. Terry Bradshaw is like he like I don't. This doesn't. I don't mean to sound mean, but I think he has Alzheimer's. Like, yeah. let's, like we can move on. It's okay to move on. Yeah. He's that's fine. A, he had a great career. This is exactly, as a player, as a as a broadcaster, but like let's there's there's someone else out there. Bob, you can you're tell a, when Howie gets visibly upset at everyone. Yeah. Live. It's like, know. oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it's so like the people that manage these these casts like legitimately think that people tune into the 49ers Seahawks game for this halftime show. Like, feel free to take a risk. That's why that's why Romo works because CPS was just like great. This guy, this guy's like killing this interview. Let's just hire him and put him on our. Let's just hire him and put him on our uh, our crew with Nance and make it happen. Like, just do it. Yeah. Oh, I I wanted to bring in one. You know, there, there was a little bit of talk about flags flying this game. I wanted to bring in one one, uh, one kind of production aspect of this game that I thought went really well. Basically the Buccaneers got stuffed at the stuffed at like the one inch line on fourth and go. And then they immediately just were like, you know what? We're just going to commercial break. We didn't have to watch like 45 minutes of replays. They're just like, we're going to get this commercial in right now. And then they came back and were like, calls overturned. I was like, great. We didn't have have five (laughs) minutes of replays, then a commercial break. At least yep. we filled it with something. At least someone, you know, had to pay pay some money and you know, get get some eyeballs on there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like I like the take. Ah, oh. gentlemen, this was the worst playoffs of the of my lifetime. None of these playoff games were good. <laughs> right? None of this was good. The Bills. Who did the Bills play before they? We had we had Browns Browns Pittsburgh, Browns Steelers. That was good. Yeah, this was. Bo- there, there were like two games, yeah. and then the yeah, Browns yeah. Browns Chiefs got interesting. Oh yeah, are the Browns like the most exciting team to watch? I God. think the I think the Browns are the funnest to cheer for, but I think the Bills have the most potential. Yeah, I think the Browns are the Browns are growing nicely into the actual underdog that could actually win. Like now it's becoming an underdog you cheer for instead of like pity. Well, the you want to feed it. The Browns are the kid who's been been in undergrad for twelve years. He finally graduates and everyone's excited. Now we have to see if they can get a job. <laughs> it was like the grad student who's doing his senior research, you know, CFIS for twelve yeah. years, and like you just keep seeing like, what are you doing here? You know, I'm, I'm still here. Okay, dude, get a job. Yeah. Well, maybe. The PhD student, being, and then you're like, yeah, uh, I'm being bankrolled by the government. So I'll just keep studying. Okay, well, fine. Like, what's your thesis on? Oh, it's complicated. All right, you're never gonna graduate. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> but I think the the bills are more like, you know, they went to a trade school and they were like, oh, I do steel work yeah. now. Dope. Show me how you make bridges. 
Oh, the I'll yeah, build something for you. The Bills are that one kid that became a carpenter and then rolls up in like a Camaro yeah. Z28, and you're like, wow, you're doing well. And then he'll be like, I did Drake's house. And you're like, yeah, I'm not surprised. And then you're like, I take the bus to my college and I'm going to be out for 10 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, nah. Gentlemen, this is a message for the Biden administration. Forget fixing the economy. Forget COVID. Tomorrow needs to be a national holiday. I have an idea for you. National Stomping Insurrections Day, where we celebrate the two insurrections successfully stomped, the Civil War and January 6th. Let's make it happen. Anti-insurrection day. Let's go. Why? Two two notes for... Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. My bad, Chris. I got got excited. We went there. Um, I have two notes for them. Uh, First, thank you for being politically correct and like boring when you present information because it's nice to be civil about these things again it was very refreshing um second to the production team please center the president and the first lady in the camera instead of having the fireplace have its own portion of the film like of the camera space we don't care about the fireplace that was so it was terrible that was why are they off to the right they're off to the left and the fireplace has a predominant third of the screen like what's going on i thought the same thing too I think it also didn't work because they weren't, they didn't frame the fireplace, right? They were kind of facing away from it. Yeah, it was just, it wasn't good. None of it was right. Like, I why look, do you, like, just get rid of the fireplace? I, I know you want to be warm and it's home and it's, I don't know, family radio, whatever, old school, but don't do that. Just yeah. make it look like you're trying. Like, whatever message you're sending with the fireplace, you're just diluting with everyone in America thinking, like, this is in an era where everybody is centering the image for their Zoom calls. Center the image. It's not that hard. <laughs> we all also, do it. I, it's, like, it's like if I'm like this. Yeah, and you're the president. <laughs> also, here's my light, just, you know, just to show you that I'm at home, but my face will be off to the right. Absolutely. I mean, the other thing is they should just highlight Joe Biden more. She's like, she's way better than Joe. Come on. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's, let's highlight this old old white guy. Oh, shouts to Joe, though. He's been way more progressive than I thought. I know. Yeah. My favorite thing about the Biden presidency is Fox News now. You're like, what? Like, I'm supposed to get mad that Joe Biden has a Rolex? Like, what the the fuck are you talking about? Donald Trump had fucking golf courses all over the world. (laughs) I'm supposed to care about a $10,000 watch? I, the president, this just in. The president should have a gold fucking Rolex. That should be a rule. And we should buy one for them every time that they start the job because that's not that big a purchase for a 70-year-old man who's been making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year of his life who also just got promoted to be the fucking president. What are we talking about here? (laughs) Fuck is going on? I'm supposed to get mad about a gold watch? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I thought it was hilarious. Also, can yeah, we talk I about Saki? Have a G-Shock for sure. Oh, want Chris, you ever become president? I'm buying you a G-Shock. I want you to wear it. <laughs> a neon green G-Shock. We're there. Uh, hey, I think speaking th- speaking of you know things that things that people wear, uh, what did you guys think of Bruce Arians' get up? It was kind of professional, huh? It was like professionals. <laughs> as tie fighter. So it's so tie weird. fighter black gala. Black so weird the, this whole situation is just so weird it was more like uh what, what's the what's the 
what's yeah tie fighter right that that's the that's yeah. the bad guys yeah he looks yeah. exactly like a tie yeah yeah he was way more tie fighter than x wing like <laughs> last week he was x wing this week he's tie fighter yeah we got to also talk about if he's not coaching or yelling at anyone why was he this horrible shade of red like <laughs> we got to talk about that dave was, i, I think it's the mask. health profession not was great. He cutting off circulation to his face. That mask looked really tiny. <laughs> it was tight. It was tight. It's got to be it, right? It didn't look healthy though. I, was I mean, it's about. a it's a long night for him. He's seventy. He's like seventy eight years old. It's past midnight. He's breathing through a mask. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, oxygen deprived. X wing fighter just bombed someone. Absolutely. The Death Star Double just blew dose. up. It's like the end of <laughs> end of a new hope. <laughs> It's like when Darth sure. Vader removes his mask. <gasps> yeah, that is uh, that's true. That's <laughs> a good point. <laughs> exactly what it looked like. Uh. Can we talk about, uh, we got to touch on this just, you know, for our fans, not for us, but for our fans. We got to touch on a little bit of his commercials. I'm not going to get too much into it, but I will say I did laugh at the M&M's commercial. I thought that was good. There was a, a part when the guys, uh, they're giving M&Ms to everyone. And he says, I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. And the guy hands the M&M bag to a, a lady. And he says, I'm sorry for mansplaining. Mansplaining is when, and she's like, I know what mansplaining is. <laughs> I thought that was smart. I was like, good for you, M&Ms. Like, good for yeah, you. That, that was pretty good. I, I gave that one a chuckle. My favorite was the uh, the Alexa one with Michael B. Jordan. That one is so funny. <laughs> I support it. I, can we talk about... Can we talk about the name Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player and possibly greatest actor of all time? Also, the best young actor in America, both with the same name. What a glorious name. <laughs> of all the names that exist, I think Michael Jordan is uh, riding pretty high. Here's, here's, how good, here's how great Michael Jordan is. When you're also named Michael Jordan, you have to go by Michael B. Jordan so people know the difference. <laughs> so true. <laughs> So true. It's like, like the, that ruined his life. He's like, "Fuck!" Now I have to use my middle initial. Can, oh, we, well. can we talk about how insane it is that that kid is in the wire? Michael B. What? Jordan yeah. is in the wire. He grows up. He's cashing that those Amazon checks. To be he's a little kid, yeah, in the wire. Really, that's crazy. Yeah, he's probably I don't know a teenager during that show. Oh, he's probably um, like twelve. Yeah, I mean he's he's had a great run. He was awesome yeah. in the Black Panther. Oh, sometimes I watch the Black Panther and I'm like, you know what, Killmonger, he's got a point. <laughs> you know, you know, he's the one villain in that whole thing where, yeah, exactly, where it's like, you know, he's not wrong. Wait, so you're telling me, you're telling me that there's two people. One person is born into royalty, lives his life in a paradise, uh, occasionally leaves to solve other people's problems wearing a magical suit. The other guy. Was born at the poverty, Oakland, Oakland, California. <laughs> His dad was murdered. He joins the armed forces so that he can become a trained fucking killer, and then he goes back and beats you on your home field. And I'm supposed to root against this guy? Fuck no! Let's go, Killmonger. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I think I think the only way to make him seem evil is by giving him the name Killmonger. Like, oh, if they had called him like Steve Smith, he'd be like, "Yeah, Steve's got a point." You know, it's like classic, classic comic books. Like, what's this guy's legal name? Eric Killmonger. What's he do? Kills people. Don't you think that's a bit? No, this is a comic book, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna watch Black Panther tonight just to just to get my mind off my terrible take exposure. Just got cooked. <laughs> Dave, you're uh, you know I I think I think you can still stay on the the Patty Mahomes bandwagon, and everything's gonna be fine. It's gonna you're gonna be yeah, all right. Dave, he's Dave, he's the future. It's fine. Don't worry. In two seven, years, your take, your take will make sense. Next yeah, seven year, or ten years after three or four rings, <laughs> you're gonna feel pretty good about it. Yeah. After. When we when we restart the podcast in a few weeks after we take a few weeks off, going straight back to catch three. Catch three has not been disproven yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gentlemen, I'm gonna miss football season. Yeah, yeah I'm I'm gonna miss football season, but I'm not. I'm looking forward to having my weekends back. I'll say that much. Yeah. I'm with you. Like it, it was nice to be able to go outside on a Sunday afternoon and be like, I think I'll just stay out. That's such a park, you know. Last weekend ride. was the best weekend in like six months. We're like, oh, I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like committed Absolutely. to watching. I'm not committed to watching the Titans trying to figure out how to beat the uh, <laughs> Seahawks here. <laughs> I have to come up with uh, with uh, Jim. God, I can't believe how quickly I changed. I'm proud of myself for getting off the Jimmy G stock that I had early in the season. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's emotionally healthy for you, Dave. It's emotionally healthy. For you. Yeah. I, I we like... also we also didn't talk about. I don't know if you guys talked about it. This is totally off course, but since we're talking about last weekend being great when there was no football, should the Pro Bowl just be ex players playing Madden? Oh, we did not talk about this specific idea. I think we talked about some other ideas, but yeah, the Pro Bowl should Pro be Bowl. the Pro Bowl should be ex players starting podcasts and seeing which one survives. <laughs> Every ex player starts a podcast. They do like eight episodes, and then they're like, "I'm rich, bitch." I'm here to do this look, shit. we know. Look, we know Marshawn would win. That's not fair. He would have the best. Oh, Marshawn. No, I, I, I think it should be a reality TV show. So we figure out who who replaces uh, Boomer Esiason and Phil Sims. God, can we get Ladanian Tomlinson? What's he doing? Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk was really He's good on, on the NFL Network. Lt. Lt. Is on the. Yeah, he's on a little bit. He's he's on occasionally. All right, who's the who's the current player that you most want to see get into the booth? I'll tell you, it's not. It's not Rob Gronkowski. I saw that. I had no. <laughs> he could be like a he could be like a sideline colors guy that said like like oh, old be, Tony Saragusa. <laughs> he'd be awesome if you just went to him like four times a game with random thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> like he should, he like, should like wander around the stadium with a, a mic and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gronk should He's be... the one the during a, a long review, they just go to Gronk for like three minutes and have him do <laughs> stuff. Gronk should be and guys, CBS Fox, we're giving you this idea for free. We're gonna make we're not even gonna make anything on this idea because we're not. Fox, you want to get back in my good graces? Yeah, here, Gronk. What's Gronk's job? Crowd thermometer. <laughs> Once a quarter, we cut to Gronk. Gronk, what's the temperature? Oh, it's fucking, it's fucking rowdy in here. We're gonna give it a eighty-nine degrees Fahrenheit. It's getting warm. Sixty-nine. It's getting, it's getting up warm. there. Gronk. Just let him drink. Let him have fun. We need more fun on these broadcasts. That's the problem. We look. I love Tracy Wilson. I think Tracy Wilson's awesome. She's super talented. She's very accomplished. But we cut to these things like it's uh like we're choosing a pope. Like oh. uh uh, Mostert hasn't come back from the locker room. Not looking good. Looks like he got X-rays. We're still waiting for those. Off. Have some fucking fun with this shit. This is a game. Have I mean, this fun. is this is why everyone loves the splash zone from Nickelodeon. 
Yeah. Do that. Yeah, exactly. Have more fun. Drunk, drunk crowd, crowd, crowd temperature would be crowd, fun. crowd thermometer. Crowd right, thermometer. Besides that, any, any other, any other current, current players that, that you're, that you're Ryan, I'll tell you, he's probably not going to be good on TV. Tom Brady. Oh, Tom Brady's such a tremendous. Can you imagine Tom Brady being your dad? Like how fucking annoying that would be. The key to success, son, is uh, get hired by no Bill Belichick and don't make mistakes for ten years. <laughs> um, I think I think who wouldn't be entertaining, but I think who would actually be like good, like Tony Romo, it would probably be Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, mm. Larry Fitzgerald's gonna run is gonna is gonna run for a senator or something in Arizona. Yeah, of Arizona for sure. Um, I think Draymond would be great. Can we get Draymond talking about the NFL? <laughs> Draymond is going to be awesome when he leaves. Uh, can we shift away from football for a bit and talk about how fun the Warriors are again? I love it. I, they I, they play don't they don't play any especially right now they apparently they don't have any centers so they don't they don't play any defense at all they just it's it. it's it's just Draymond trying to play defense and then four other guys jacking up threes is beautiful. I love it. I love I love the new Draymond. This is the Draymond that we're missing with the Kevin Durant experience. I love Draymond getting a rebound, pushing, beating everyone up the floor, and making a great pass is one of the great pleasures of the last ten years of my life. I love seeing Draymond just fucking do his do his thing. Oh, and then Steph just gets to cook. Like you know, he doesn't doesn't have to worry. He's like, yeah, I'll shoot. I'll shoot fifty seven. Sure, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Iggy. God, if Iggadala could get into a booth, that'd be spectacular. Yeah. Can we get more cross board pollination? Mm. I think Draymond would be great on the NFL. Why do I need a wide receiver? To tell me about cover two defenses, Draymond could do it. <laughs> or what? You know, you know what we need to do is get Ian White out here. Let's get some some guys with an English accent out here. Oh yeah, more <laughs> accent diversification. Yeah. Can we get Zlatan in here to cover <laughs> cover a T Wolves game? <laughs> cover a Thursday night T Wolves Heat game? <laughs> uh. uh. Yeah. Alrighty. Gentlemen, it's been a great pleasure. Oh, it's been good. It's been a good season. Once again, Tom Brady. King of the world. It's Tom Brady is entering the LeBron zone where you're like, okay, I guess this is just gonna be the next ten years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's gonna be the next ten years of your life. Doesn't look like LeBron's going anywhere. It doesn't look like Tom's going anywhere. This could be my kids might be old enough to understand this before they retire. It'd be kind of interesting. I hope not. I don't want them to live in a Tom Brady LeBron world. I want them to live in a world where they believe anything is possible. <laughs> what if LeBron's son spurs the NBA and goes and plays football with Tom Brady? I support it. <laughs> what if LeBron's son goes into coaching and just becomes the Bucks coach? <laughs> gets up there. Because anyone can do it. Gets up there at 22. I just want to thank Tom Brady because I did nothing. And everyone applauds. This is the best coach you've ever had. He doesn't get anybody's way. Right now, after uh, Arian said that, there's like a bunch of dudes at home writing uh, the Bucks HR. Dear HR, do you want to make concern? I've been a coach in high school for five years. I could do this job. Dear Bucks HR, I'm still at community college, but I could do nothing. 
<laughs> you can also just For pay less. me 30 bucks an hour. That's really good too. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it was fun though. It was a good year, guys. Uh, football. If if time travel is anywhere, it's during football season where time speeds up. Um, and I'm looking forward to coming out of the time warp and slowing down, enjoying the weekends a little bit. But uh, I know when we come back, we'll be ready to just make fun of sports again. Yeah, yeah. No, we're coming back. I mean, we're not going to be off till next football season, but we're definitely going to take a break and a reload. Or at least till something interesting happens. It's like Tampa's week 13 bye week. You know, we're going to take that bye week, we're going to regroup, and then we're going to come back better. Well, when's the, when's the NBA All-Star game? I can't figure this out. Well, they might not have one. I support it. I support not getting a bunch of random people yeah. in the city. Cross-pollination in the worst way. I don't know, LeBron, at least that's what LeBron's trying to push for, which I'm fine, but they're going to have it. It's going to be like a stupid thing. There's money to be made. Should be NBA 2K. Yeah. Or Fortnite. They all just play Fortnite. Now, Gordon Hayward will win. God, Gordon Hayward, Jesus. I'm going to teach my kids to grow up to be 6'8 and have a mediocre, mediocre handle, mediocre shooting, mediocre finishing. And pretty good at esports. <laughs> pretty good at esports. God, that, that Harden deal is wild. Now, the, the mellow ball's over there, and he's like, Kind of actually fucking good. <laughs> it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild that like one of the, you know, I know like, I know, I know that dad is crazy, and I know he said some really outlandish shit, but props to him for getting like one of his sons to be a really good NBA player. It's quite an accomplishment. One for three yeah, is not well, bad. Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, one is average, right? One's like a yeah. Well, when your when your tagline is never lost, average isn't good enough. <laughs> you gotta come out there with something spectacular the mellow the mellow uh not only does does he look almost almost exactly like crusty the clown actually he's coming out here fucking flamethrower fucking spectacular i i can tell you i guarantee you he's not signing with jordan brand now. jordan brand will never have actually he's in charlotte anything is possible no, no. He's not a Jordan guy? Jordan's not. He's Big Baller Brand. Come on. Big Is Big Baller Brand still a thing? <laughs> no. Big Baller Brand. LeVar, come on. Come on the pod. Come sponsor us. Let's yeah. go. Let's go, LeVar. I'll wear your, you can pay me and I'll wear your shoes around. Support you. <laughs> but I won't wear them to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wear them to take the garbage out and to go run milk. Go buy milk. When I get gas 11, to go to Target. 30 at night. Uh, all right, gentlemen. This feels like the end. Closing thoughts. Chris, you, closing thoughts. Uh, closing thoughts. On the season, you know, it was a fun season. Uh, football, we saw some pillars grow. Uh, we saw some uh, teams develop fun all around. This Super Bowl, I texted you guys, this is what it feels like to live in Cape Cod on a nice little cottage on the East Coast watching Tom Brady win Super Bowls. It felt good. I enjoyed it for one day. I'm thankful for that. And I hope you guys, uh, you guys were grateful for this game too. This is Super Bowl. Absolutely. Mops, what a day. Our friendship begins with Tom Brady winning Super Bowls. 
And uh, <laughs> we're still winning Super Bowls with Tom Brady. It's spectacular. It's been a fun ride. And uh, I'm grateful that we, we're sharing it together. Your closing thoughts, my man. Uh, Dave, I'm really grateful for Tom for being on your fantasy back in the day um, and you developing some some love to, and respect towards him, even though you you shunned him all season long in favor of your your young hotshot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, you know, tonight it just felt like everything was right in the world. Like we're getting back to normal. Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski. Um, shout outs to Aaron, 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 five minutes before the game was, or, you know, half an hour before the game I was like, Hey, should we make some bets? And she's like, yeah. Are there any bets on Gronkowski? And I was like, yeah, we can bet him to, to, you know, score a touchdown. And sure enough, that's what she went with. Won a little bit of money. Got it. Shout out to Aaron for, for, uh, you know, helping us, uh, on the socials this, this season. Yeah. Shout out to Aaron. And, uh, and uh, supporting us this, <laughs> through this endeavor. Being the most professional member of Take the Rope, with the uh, our social <laughs> looks great. Also, better picks than any of us all year. So, shouts to shouts to Aaron. <laughs> oh, Mops, it's been a it's been a pleasure. I'm so happy that the podcast uh, that we're doing it. Uh, it's been good to talk to you guys, and um, yeah, man, Tom Brady. It's gonna really. You know, it hasn't really sunk in that this guy is like it the accomplishment hasn't really sunk in for me. Like this guy left. There was no training camp. He's coaching these guys on Sunday and he whips them into shape like fucking General Patton. And they go out and they they barnstorm the Chiefs. It's astonishing. It really is an astonishing achievement. Congratulations, Tom. Congratulations, uh us for covering it better than anybody except the guys who are covering it better we're, we're covering it better than everybody we're covering it better than we still have room to grab all right gentlemen <laughs> thank you so much we will talk to you soon take care dave bye